0: Welcome, everybody. I am Jesse Mogul, and thank you for joining us on the American Contingency Podcast. We are a united nationwide community of steadfast Americans ready for any challenge that comes our way. We inform, equip, and train so you can prepare, respond, and recover from any man-made or natural disaster or situation. And let me wish America a happy birthday. The 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. This is one of my top three all-time favorite holidays. They are in no particular order. Super Bowl Sunday, 4th of July, and New Year's Eve. I love the 4th of July. To me, this is just the most splendid holiday of all the holidays. I know, you didn't hear Christmas, you didn't hear Thanksgiving or Halloween, Nope, those do not make my top three. It is Super Bowl Sunday, it is 4th of July, and it is New Year's Eve. And this is absolutely just a beautifully, beautiful, it's not that beautiful. Hold on, let me roll it back. It's been cloudy all week, but it's a beautiful day anyways. I have already seen a fireworks celebration on Friday night. I'm going to see another one tonight on 4th of July. And I thought, what better day? to celebrate the United States than on the American Contingency podcast on the show that is being dropped on the 4th of July. And um, I had to call in some reserves on this one. I am now on take six of this podcast. Take six. And I have been doing podcasts for years. I have interviewed hundreds if not thousands of people. I have written hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of articles, and I generally don't have a problem hopping on a microphone and speaking my mind. But this isn't the Jesse Mogul Show. This is the American Contingency Podcast, and I want to be on brand in as much as I want to be speaking for the greater part of our community and for the people out there who are diligent in their citizenship and those that care about themselves and their family and their loved ones and they're about the community and the leadership and all of the categories that we do. And I had to call in some reserves. I had to call in Tom Rigsby on this one. I had to get some input from him because when I called him, I was already on take five. And the reason I have stopped and started this podcast so much is that I wanted to talk about why I love the United States of America, why I think that we are an exceptional country. I do not think we are the best country. There are way too many criteria, and that is way too subjective to perspective. I'm not going to sit here and try to argue the merits of whether we are the best country on the planet, because I just that's just too much. And honestly, I just don't think we are. I don't think there is any country that is the best country on the planet. I think every country has something that they're doing that would be considered as exceptional. And I absolutely think the United States of America does a lot of things exceptional. But I had to bring in Tom Rigsby's opinion on this because... I kept stopping it because there was this want to discuss why America is so amazing and why we should celebrate our Independence Day and the founding of this country and all the ideals that were laid out in the Bill of Rights and in the Constitution and what our founding fathers did. But it's tough to do that when there's also so many things in our history that looking back on it now— I know the country, as a whole, would prefer to have done differently. It's obvious, right. We can go back to the founding fathers, obviously breaking away from England. Kudos to you guys, right? Keeping slavery in the Constitution probably not a good thing <laughs> so um what we can look back on and think about what this country has done is that it has managed to forge an empire that has spanned, we're coming up on 250 years. And it has been phenomenal in so many regards. And in so many ways, again, hindsight being 2020, we can look back at some of the things that we've done as a nation and not exactly be proud of ourselves. And what I would like to utilize as the cornerstone for this episode, because I'm done hitting stop. We're just going to lay this out here, and we're going to post it up. And this is something that Tom and I discussed when we were on the phone, is that that which divides us does not need to define us. And there is a lot of division in this country. And for a lot of people, they may not want to celebrate the flag. They may not want to stand up whenever the Star Spangled Banner and the Pledge of Allegiance and you know any kind of patriotic song is played because maybe they don't feel like the flag stands for what they stand for. I had somebody sidebar here, I had somebody, so I wear an American flag belt buckle. Love this belt buckle. I've worn this American flag belt buckle for years. And when I say years, it is well into a decade here. I'd wear that, I'd say, in any given year, 300 out of 365 days. And somebody saw my belt buckle while I was away on a trip to go see the Grateful Dead. And they saw it and they go, well, isn't that a little Trumpy? Me wearing an American flag belt buckle and I got called Trumpy. Now, this is not going to delve into politics because my political opinions, they have no space for this show. I have no want, need, or desire to sit here and get into that kind of conversation. But the fact that somebody would see an American flag and think Trumpy and not think of America (laughs) because the flag stands for America. The flag stands for the United States of America. If the flag was going to stand for any person, then it wouldn't be one person. It would be people, and those people would be our active military and our veterans, if the flag was going to stand for anybody. And certainly, I could enjoy the conversation where somebody said that the flag does stand for all of our active service members and our veterans. I wouldn't argue that at all. I stand for the flag because other people have fallen for it. I stand for the flag because other people have laid their lives on the line and in many cases sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice, their lives, to defend what occurs within our border. Tom said something else interesting when we were on the phone is that he, he was talking to one of his military friends, and they said, you know, I've got very strong opinions about people who burn the flag. Like, I would not burn the flag, but I would lay my life on the line for that person's right to burn the flag. And that might be a very divisive sentence whenever you hear it. But that's what people have laid their lives on the line for, is for us to have the freedom of speech, to have the freedom to uh, bear arms, to have the freedoms that if they don't want to stand during the Pledge of Allegiance, during any of these songs that are played before sporting events, that they won't be dragged out of their house, whisked away to an internment camp while their family sits there and cries and begs for them to come home. We live in a country where we give people these inalienable rights of life, liberty, of pursuit of happiness. Now, of course, we can look back at our history and we can say, didn't do this part very well and didn't do that part very well. And certainly, I cannot sit here and try to argue pro-slavery. That's a wicked thing that humans have done since the dawn of time. That does not make it right. Just like my dad used to say, well, if everybody's going to jump off the bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge? No, dad, I won't jump off the bridge, but the rest of the bridge jumper offer people. So just because other you know, civilizations had done it didn't mean that we should have done it, but it was something that was done. And now we're sitting here paying the price for it and seeking ways to bring our entire country together. And I think that's what the flag stands for this united opportunity to stand underneath one common symbol and say, sure, things aren't going that great today, but as long as we don't let what divides us define us as a person, as a people, as a community, then there's hope. Not everyone is going to accept every other person. I don't even like everybody. (laughs) So why would I think everybody will like me? People can say whatever they want to say. We have the freedom of speech. But we also have the freedom of the consequences that come with that speech. People can say whatever they want to, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any of the social medias. Hell, you can go on Reddit and just freak out at people. You can go on Quora and write whatever you want. You can print up a flyer if you want, calling me a dodo head and push it out of airplanes so that the whole country gets a chance to read about why I'm a dodo head. Great. Great. But if other people don't think I'm a dodo head and they want to sit there and push other flyers outside of the airplane and then they want to be upset with you, that is their freedom to also not accept what you've said and be free to say what they want to say. Where our division is beginning to become so rooted in the unhealthy and the undesirable is the fact that we don't just sit down with someone and talk with them and figure out why is it that they have this point of view? What is going on in their world that created this point of view? Because when we come out as babies, we're relatively a blank canvas. We are this just amazing human being right, that is going to have imprintations and implants from all these people, right, from our parents and all of our familial ties and from society, and now, of course, with television and media and then other social circles, like, we are just gobbling up information. We have no clue what anything means, and we are just gathering in information. And we're doing this, you know, zero to seven, and then we start to match and model, and then we're trying to stay in the tribe, and we all know about the terrible twos and the whole deal, right? And so we're just trying to figure out where we are in this world. We're just taking all this information in. People are going to take in different information if they grew up in an inner city versus way out in the country. If they grew up in the northeast versus in the Pacific southwest. They grew up on a gigantic dairy farm in the middle of Texas versus growing up in one of the boroughs in New York City. They're going to have a different perspective of the country a different perspective of life. They're going to have different values and opinions and beliefs. They may not be so wildly different. We might all still respect others and want to be polite and want to be hardworking. That certainly can just you know, spread like wildfire throughout an entire civilization. But we might have different ways of communicating with people, different words that we're going to say towards one another, different ways of treating people. Somebody recently told me that people from the West Coast, they're, um, they're kind, are Not hold on, let's see. East Coast people are not kind, but they're nice. And West Coast people are nice, but they're not kind. And they told me this story based off this idea that somebody on the East Coast, if you got a flat tire and you needed some help, they'd pull up and be like, oh, what'd you do? You know, how, you're such a dummy. Why'd you drive over that nail? All right, get out your spare. I'll help. All right, Not very kind, but they're nice. They're going to help. Whereas people in California on the West Coast, would will be like, oh, I'm so sorry that you got a flat tire. Super nice. But all right, man, peace out. They're not going to help out. Now, that's their own subjective perspective. And I tell you that story simply as a matter of people have this idea of how other people are without ever actually sitting down and taking the time to get to know someone in particular. And a brain inherently wants to generalize things. It just makes things easier. And with the generalizations come the ism, racism and sexism and ageism and all the others. And so when we have this opportunity to celebrate the 4th of July, after everything that I've said, it's that we as a nation have to be committed to the nation continuing Great empires have fallen because they've gotten up their own ass so much that they forget that we are but a piece of a larger puzzle. The Greeks, the Romans, the of the Hun, Genghis Khan, the Ottoman Empire, just to name a few off the top of my head, have all had an opportunity to command a great amount of area on this planet. And where are those civilizations now? We certainly can look at this century and say, man, I mean, we came into it <laughs> pretty hardcore with 9-11, right? Then we had the whole financial collapse at the end of the of the aughts, right? We roll into the teens, our first black president, our, you know, but then, we, then we have Trump as our president. And now we're rolling in with the Biden presidency, and a lot of people can look back on this last, you know, what are we at? 15 years now, almost, going on 16, and it say, man, there's been a lot of calamity. There has been a lot of things go on that not so thrilled about. This has been a tough century for us. We have to be committed as a nation to sit down at a table with one another and have conversations that might be tough, where we might still walk away not completely agreeing with what the other person has to say, but allowing them the space to say it without canceling them, without trying to denigrate them, without trying to tear them down in social media or destroy their careers or their livelihoods. It's a shame that we live in a country that has been so quick to give so many a second chance, but seems so hell bent on no longer doing that. Because the second chance seems to be what we've always been built upon. And to take that away, to realize that people can grow, that people can mature, that people can shift their ideas and opinions, to really embrace that, that, that's powerful. That's to be celebrated. And tomorrow when the fireworks, I guess it's today, but it's 1039 on Monday night, so I'll be totally transparent here. It's not quite 4th of July, but it's been 4th of July weekend for me since Friday. When the fireworks go off, when the Star Spangled Banner is played, and people get up and they take off their hats and they put their hands over their hearts, and we think about those that have sacrificed tremendously, whether it was their lives or whether it was their youth or there was just their mental health to go off and fight in a war so that we could live inside of these borders and we could have these freedoms. There's something powerful about that. When I used to travel overseas and work, I would tell people, I love my country. I love the United States of America. That doesn't mean I love my politicians. That doesn't mean I love all the laws that we have, and it doesn't, definitely does not mean that I love all of the history that we have played out as a country because certainly there are things that I'm sure we would take back if we had the opportunity. But Doc Brown and Einstein and Marty McFly aren't rolling in with a DeLorean. And even if they did, it's a two-seater. There's no space for me. We know Einstein's not going to not go. (laughs) So what am I going to do? Get in the trunk? We are a nation that can thrive and we can survive. And not only that, but we can continue to push for and be the leaders of the innovation that has led this world to some of its greatest wealth, to some of the most amazing countries that are also celebrating democracy. But here's the thing. We have freedom of speech, and we have our Bill of Rights, and we have this amazing constitution, but it is not guaranteed to be here forever. Tom brought up that, you know, Canada doesn't necessarily have freedom of speech anymore. It can go away. Things can change. That's why it takes the diligent among us to make sure that we don't slip too far away from what made this country great. I hear a lot of people talk about going back to American values going back to the way things were. And I'm not really sure what time period most people think that occurred in. I've asked people. They're not even necessarily completely sure. I'm like, so we talked in 1776, 1812, 1847, 1867, 1904, 1929, 1938, 1945, 1962, 63, whew. 71, 76, 1980, 84. When are these people talking about going back to this great country where everything was this perfect, idealized Rockefeller painting? I would love to know where this country was that Rockefeller painting for every single one of its citizens. We haven't attained that. We haven't achieved it. It's something for us to strive for. And when we were asked to get off the bench and do something, other than just sit here idly by, watching life pass us by and watch our country fall apart, were we being offered an opportunity to finally empower ourselves? I think so. That which divides us does not have to define us. Our founding principles in our democracy— This liberty of this self-government, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, it emphasizes these ideas that despite our differences, we can come together under a shared commitment for democracy, toward freedom. But it takes diligence and it takes work. We don't just get to sit here and act like everything's going to stay hunky-dory if we don't put down some effort. Yes, There is amazing diversity in this country. Our cultural heritages span far and wide. Because of this diverse culture of the United States, there are so many different ethnicities and traditions and languages that we have demonstrated our capability of living together with these differences. In fact, we can celebrate these differences. We can appreciate the differences. It enriches our collective identity without us, divi- defining us solely by our divisions. Yes, it is true that in our history, the Native Americans and the African Americans not treated so greatly way back then. And many would debate and argue, still not today. It is because we are this melting pot that people call us the land of milk and honey, that so many people dream of having been born here. That people will risk their lives walking hundreds of thousands of miles or row on some boat across the Mediterranean Sea, hoping that they can set foot in Europe and eventually make their way here. People have risked everything to get here because of what we stand for. The freedom the individual liberties this recognition and the protection of our individual liberties our freedom of speech the freedom of religion these equal rights they affirm the belief that we can embrace diversity of thought of faith of identity while also upholding the shared values of life and liberty and justice and equality we have pushed this planet So far, so fast, in so many good ways. Why can't we also be the leader and the innovator in the acceptance of all of us as amazing human beings? Sure, we got scientific and technological advancements out the wahoo. We have built bridges as far as the eye can see. We've got you know, Einstein and what he was able to accomplish when he was on American soil. We've got, you know, Henry Ford and you've got Thomas Edison and you've got Tesla, you've got Steve Jobs and the Elon Musk's, and you've got all these amazing inventions that we, you know, brought about that that ushered in the Industrial Revolution. We were able to build these metaphorical bridges across the divides that so many other countries have allowed to crumble them. We have used them to strengthen us. We have spread our message around this planet. We seek to foster collaboration, to promote the shared pursuit of knowledge and progress. Have we always done it um, with the highest integrity or with the other peoples or countries, you know, best interest at heart? Again. We have certainly made our mistakes. I will not argue that point. But we've also sought to usher in a whole new way of life that we hope other people will embrace in their own way, their own democracy. The Greeks were the very first democracy, that's known, and they didn't do it all that great. They crumbled. They certainly had their issues. Romans, the Romans did whatever the Romans did, and certainly we've seen many other empires come and go. It's the innovation. It's the ability to put people in charge of their own lives. Think about the entrepreneurship, the spirit of innovation in this United States of America. We have these shared aspirations, these ideas, these opportunities for economic growth. Where people are born does not have to be where they die that people can work hard and they can you know, be mindful of their money and their finances and their health and their emotions and their families, and they can actually transcend the divisions that in other civilizations would have held them back. But in this country, we don't have to be held back. In fact, if anything holds us back, It's our own limiting beliefs about what we can achieve, or about other people, or about our community. The resiliency and the ability to overcome challenges throughout our history has been one of the reasons I love to celebrate us so much on the 4th of July. Yes, we've had economic crises, social injustices, and certainly plenty of national tragedies. But these experiences, they teach us that adversity brings us together, that we have this inspired and motivated collective action, and it proves that we can rise above divisions to rebuild and strengthen our communities. The aftermath of 9-11 was one of the most united nations I have ever witnessed in my life. Everybody was flying American flags, and we were we had our heads up, and we were saying hello to strangers on the streets, and we cared about other people. Obviously, over time that begins to dissipate, and we go back to the way things were. But it's unfortunate that we have to wait for a national tragedy to bring us together. I keep saying that you know, it's going to take what another world war, somebody to actually attack us. For this nation to reunite, what's it going to take for the world to to unite? It never really has. Are we going to need like dinosaur creatures to come out of the depths of the ocean or some gigantic spaceship to show up and try to gobble up our planet? For us to finally realize that we're all on this spinning rock seeking out, Security and safety and food and water and love and connection and contribution and significance and growth. That we're all trying to achieve the same thing through lots of different ways. So in many ways, we're a million times more similar than we are different. The United States of America means the world to me. Sure, I've gotten angry with the country and thought about other places that I would rather live, but there's nowhere I would rather have been born. This isn't the Jesse Mogul show, and I'm not really sure how I would say this stuff differently if I was on one of my other podcasts, but I'm speaking from the heart that when I look from border to border and coast to coast, I see a beautiful country. We have some of the most amazing national parks on the planet. We have some of the most innovative cities and people, and we have this desire to create amazing things for ourselves and for one another. The entrepreneurship drive that lives inside of me lives inside many Many people, and even those that rather just clock in and clock out and not have to necessarily worry about running a business, they have their own reasons for working as hard as they do to achieve what they do. generally comes back to family. generally comes back to God. It comes back to the meaning of life is what we decide it is. Each person can have their own meaning of life. Each person gets to determine what their life gets to mean. What kind of legacy they leave behind. When we work hard for ourselves, and then we go off and we are working hard for our families and for our communities and for our neighborhoods and our cities and for our states and then ultimately our nation, when we put all of this as like a unified front, as a forward motion-moving energy, we can change the world in so many amazing ways. It took me six takes on this podcast to finally be able to say everything I just have. And I'm not sure if it landed with you as well as it's been landing with me. I've certainly gotten shivers and chills multiple times as I've sat here. That which divides us does not have to define us. Despite our differences, we can find common ground. We can celebrate our shared values. We can work towards a united future. The principles, the events, and achievements we discuss demonstrate the power of unity, resilience, and collective action in shaping a nation that transcends the divisions, that transcends all of the arguments, and that transcends space and time. We can move forward, but we have to be willing to move forward together. When I watch post-apocalyptic TV shows like The Walking Dead or any of them, right, any of those, it seems like... (laughs) Humans get so hungry and thirsty that we're willing to destroy one another over a can of beans. When if we would just work together, we would have to eat cans of beans. We would have fresh fruits and vegetables and fresh meat and fresh water. I once recently, I was watching some YouTube videos about resources on the planet. And it said that if... The food resources could be dispersed in a more equal manner, that there would not be a hungry or thirsty person on this planet. That the problem is, is that the resources are just where the resources are at. And when Elon Musk recently was doing an interview that I watched and he, and somebody said, well, you know, do we have a resource issue on this planet? He's like, no, we are nowhere near a natural resource calamity. There's no chance for a natural resources collapse. That's a non-issue. I was like, you know, I I have to see where he's coming from. I think I could agree with that. Because we have plenty of natural resources. This idea that we're going to run out of fresh water when desalinization exists... This idea that we're not going to be able to have um, the land and the appropriate soil to be able to have, you know, working farms and livestock in order to continue to feed the world's, you know, insatiable appetite for protein isn't true. We've got people developing skyscraper farms and figuring out ways to move cattle around differently. Like, we are an innovative species when we work together. Yes. People have different hair colors than me, and eye colors, and skin colors, and different religious beliefs, and they have a different background, but it doesn't mean that they're my enemy. doesn't mean everybody's my friend, but just because somebody's not my friend does not make them my enemy. When I was brought in to do the podcast, when I was brought in to help write the blog post, one of the reasons I felt so driven to be a part of American Contingency is because of this this strong belief around community, around family. Hell, family got me to leave Los Angeles and I didn't think I'd ever leave that city. Okay, COVID definitely played a part, but where I landed when I left Los Angeles was with family. Community, family paying attention to what's going on around us, caring about other humans, knowing that they can also care about us. On the 4th of July, if there is something to celebrate, it is that we are here. That we don't have to listen to the media who tries to divide us. That we can just go knock on a neighbor's door and say hello. We can hold the door for somebody at the convenience store. We can say something nice to the cashier at the grocery store. We can see somebody and just be polite. When the development of this entire company was being laid out in an inspirational video by Mike Glover, I don't think he ever could have seen how far and wide this movement would grow, how much it would matter to people. And certainly, even within our own company, there are people who are divided about the way that it's going or where it could be going or what it's done or what it could do. That's great. Because it's in those conversations that innovation is brought forth. Surrounding yourself with a bunch of yes people is just going to get you a whole bunch of what you've already been doing. And this is a country that was built upon breaking things and making them better. So maybe we are going through a rough patch right now. Maybe it's been a long rough patch. For some people who know history, they probably could go all the way back into the you know, 60s and 70s and say, man, it wasn't going that great then. And look what happened in the 80s. And then look at that in the 90s. And look at that in the aughts. And look at that in the teens. And oh, goodness gracious, where are we going in the 30s? Certainly, certainly. You could always look at things pessimistically. But if you choose to look at things optimistically, then you can see these growing pains that we're going through right now as just a, another one of the many stages that an empire has to go through if it's going to stand the test of time. And not many empires have lasted into that three, 400-year range. We have the opportunity to do that. But it's going to take a unified front where we can allow some levity if somebody says something that we don't agree with or uses a word that somehow offends us because they just didn't know. Or they do know. And they're exercising their freedom of speech, and you have the freedom to exercise yours right back. But just because I'm not your friend doesn't mean I have to be your enemy. And on the 4th of July, I would just love us all to just stand up when the Star Spangled Banner is played before the fireworks and just sincerely be proud to be Americans. I wear that flag with pride. It's a shame that you know, one political party is being seen as the American flag wavers over the others. That's not how I choose to experience it. Right now in my office I can count four, five, six, seven different American flag things. Multiple pillows, blankets, flags, various coasters and random things with the American flag on them. I am proud to be an American. I have a feeling most of the listeners of this show are as well. And for those that are a little ashamed with the way that things are going right now, that's okay. That's okay everything will be all right if we stop screaming at one another and actually take the time to listen because what's dividing us does not have to define us. God bless America. Happy 4th of July. I look forward to speaking with you guys again soon. Have a great holiday. Enjoy yourselves. We will be back in two weeks. And as always... When you are ready to build the skills, the network, and confidence to be ready for whatever comes next, join us at AmericanContingency.com. Talk to you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.